a podcast where we do our favorite things, drink and talk. This week we're diving into season one, episode five of Bridgerton. We do need to let you guys know that there will be spoilers. So if you don't watch Bridgerton, don't sit up here and listen because we're going to spoil it. Mm-hmm. Um, we also need to let you know there is some light swearing because I cuss. Sierra doesn't. So if you don't like swearing, sorry, don't listen. I don't know. <laughs> Turn this off. <laughs> okay, so in today's episode, it is the talk of the ton when the news breaks that our diamond of the season is to marry the Duke. Hearing the news, a confused Prince of Prussia comes to visit Daphne to say his goodbyes. With trouble brewing with Cressida and her and their wedding, you know, quickly approaching, Daphne and Simon scramble to get a a marriage license that is swiftly denied by the offended queen. After a last chance, heartfelt appeal, the couple is permitted to marry. Across the way, Lady Featherington pushes Marina to marry when she hatches her own plan to trap Colin Bridgerton, which leads him to propose. Our brooding pair have an intimate ceremony, followed by a lively reception in which Benedict learns more about Henry, Eloise gets hired by the queen, and Daphne is left with her mother to have the talk. After an exhausting night, Daphne and Simon speak their truth and consummate their marriage. So that's all for our recap, and now to talk about hooch. All right, so each episode we're going to be sipping on a specialty cocktail that goes with the theme of whatever we're talking about or reading at the time. Today we we are drinking Between the Sheets for obvious reasons. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get into that in a few seconds. Um, First, we have to shout out our girl, Monica. Big shout out to Monica. Love her. Yeah, she's great. She's so smart. Like, she reads so many books. Like, I love <laughs> So fast. Great friend, great, great friend to have. Um, thank you to Monica for suggesting this um, as our hooch for this week's episode. Uh, we're finally saying good riddance to Jen mm-hmm. and moving on to greener pastures, thank God. Yep. Uh, today's cocktail, also known as the Maiden's Prayer, features brandy, which is a Wisconsin favorite. Yes. Love an old-fashioned <laughs> here. Love an old-fashioned. Light rum, triple sec, and lemon juice. Um, We also garnished with a lemon twist as well. According to our research, this cocktail dates back to the 1920s in New York. Mm -hmm. So a little outside of our Bridgerton world, but literally still so delicious. Yeah. Um, We decided to use Doucet to celebrate our liberation from the horrors of gin. Um, (laughs) And we're bougie. And we're bougie. So through my research, I found out that all cognac is brandy, because mm-hmm. Ducey's cognac. Okay. All cognac is brandy, but not all brandy is cognac. Yep. So I Hennessy is brandy? Hennessy is cognac. It's, that means it's brandy. I think it has something to do with the aging or something, right? I have no idea. All I know is all cognac is yeah. brandy, but not all. but not all brandy is cognac. Oh, you know why? Why? Because... It's cognac the process, only, right? Cognac only comes from the cognac region of France. That's why. Yep. Mm. And if, I also read on the Ducey website that it is made in cognac France. Okay. So that is the difference I'm thinking. So Hennessy is made in France. Because it's a cognac. Oh, yeah. Wait. Right? Yeah, it says cognac on the bottle. Right. Anyway, so we use Ducey. Um, we coupled that with a Wisconsin-made rum mm-hmm. from Twisted Path Distillery. Uh, they're located on the south side of Milwaukee, not too far from Enlightened Brewery, if mm-hmm. any of you listening are familiar. Um, so be sure to check them out. Um, you can also find today's recipe on our Instagram page. Yes. This cocktail is um, is very good. I like it. 
It's way better than anything we've had so far. Any of the other ones. <laughs> it is very strong though. It it mm-hmm. definitely tastes like alcohol, yes. alcohol splash of lemon juice. Mm-hmm. But this is definitely yeah. a drink. We're and drinking them from martini glasses. Yeah, because it. I mean, it looks classy. It looks classy, and you don't need a lot of this because, right. like I said, it's just rum and brandy and triple sec and a splash of lemon juice. Yeah. So you don't need a lot of this unless you're looking to get really, really drunk, I guess. So there's actually a scene in this episode where the baker asks Daphne's lady maid um, if the cake should be soaked in rum or brandy. So that's a good, you know, it's also a good thing that we're drinking this for this episode. Yeah, it it goes really well with the theme, or not the theme, but what happened in the episode. All right. Let's dive in. Yes. This episode opens with Daphne hastily getting back into her PJs um, so she could pretend like she's been sleeping the whole night. If you remember last week's episode, Daphne snuck out at the crack of dawn to break up the duel between her brother, Lord Cogblock, and the love of her life, Simon. So she's like th- literally throwing on clothes, trying to get back in bed Listen. just for her ladies' maid to come in and say, Morning. Literally. <laughs> it is an ordeal for mm-hmm. Daphne to get dressed in her night clothes. There, so she wore 18 layers to go to this duel. And then she got home and had to undress those 18 layers <laughs> and then put on like an additional 12 layers for bed. It's like, what? I, that can't be comfortable to, to sleep in. It's ridiculous. Um, it takes her so long to get ready for bed. She just, like you said, narrowly m- makes it before Rose comes in to wake her up for the day. So she's got good time in Daphne. <laughs> so downstairs, Mama B is nursing this hangover. <laughs> and she's trying to play it off like she has a headache. Um, but after watching her throw back like six glasses of champagne at the um, Trowbridge Ball last episode, we know the truth. Yeah. She, she claims she's like... <laughs> She was like, oh, I must have caught the same thing Daphne went home with. Like, no, you are hungover. Literally. Um, from personal experience, for both of us, yeah. um, champagne, hang- we drink a lot of champagne. Too much, maybe, I yeah. would say. I think a reasonable amount for Wisconsin. But um, <laughs> the champagne hangovers are awful. That's so bad. I think it's like the sweetness of it. I don't yeah. know. And that does not stop us from nope. drinking bottles. No, not at all. Um, so Daphne makes her way downstairs and she quickly has to tell her mom she's engaged. Um, Mama Bridgerton naturally assumes that it's to Prince Friedrich because that's who she was courting last she heard last night. Um, she doesn't know that her daughter had this early morning rendezvous with the Duke, (laughs) like in the middle of a field. So she starts to congratulate her on becoming a princess. Uh, Daphne has to awkwardly break the news that her engagement is actually to our boy Simon. Um, after a moment's confusion, Violet recovers and she's just like, this is great. I knew it. She's like, you said it was a ruse, but I knew something was going on. Um, just like a mom to like act like she knew. I knew it right, this whole right. time. Right, mom I, A mother knows. <laughs> um, she immediately goes into mommy like wedding planning mode um, and Daphne has to like cut her down because... Um, she wants to let Mama B know, like, hey, um, we, we're we actually getting married. We need to get married very fast. Three days. Three days. Figure it out. So, Lady Bridgerton is obviously, like, really confused. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. And she's like, why can't we, you know, plan this out and have a long engagement? Um, I also feel like the hangover is not helping the situation. Like, he's very just, like, imagine, like, all this happening. You have, like, the worst hangover. (laughs) Like, okay, can we talk about this later? (laughs) Um, so, anyway, Daphne starts to explain why they need the special license. Like, she's going to tell her mom the truth. Like, hey, me and Simon were in the bushes getting down. Um, but Violet is just like, no. I don't want to hear about <laughs> She's it. She's like, I don't want to hear it. She essentially assumes Daphne is about to tell her that she and Simon had sex. That's what I think. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not true, but isn't all that far off. Also, if you read the book, you know they they might have ended up having sex. Yeah. She was naked. <laughs> like, um, in the woods. In the woods. Just acting a fool. Uh, Violet would rather just stay in the dark. And I think this parallels pretty well with her character like she doesn't like to talk about uncomfortable things um she starts to even go as far to start talking about her and lord her husband lord bridgerton's like early years talking about like oh we had trouble holding back our desires as well and daphne's like what the hell are you talking about um like i said when it comes to her children and sex she'd rather just ignore it altogether yeah she don't want to hear about it. Nope. So we cut to the palace where the queen is given the newest um, lady Whistledown. She is happy to read that the diamond of the season has finally gotten engaged, assuming that it's to her nephew. Her mood quickly um, changes when she realized that it's not her prize prince who won the season's prize, but the duke. So here's Freddie strolling in, waltzing Poor in. Poor Freddie. <laughs> and he's wondering what's wrong because... The queen's face just dropped, and our poor prince has no idea that the woman he, you know, he pretty much he was about to propose. He was about to, to propose yeah. to her um, last night. Is now engaged to another man. I mean, it's been twenty four hours. They not even they did the da- <laughs> not even twenty four hours. They did the dance. She ran out, and she thought every he thought everything was good, and his girl is engaged to another man. Our poor hopeless. Oh my god, romantic. So sad. Um, in this next scene, Daphne and her family are preparing to go out and promenade about the park with uh, Lady Danbury and Simon. Um, you know, getting the families together. Yeah. Before they can head out, though, Prince Fred Friedrich comes and confronts Daphne about her engagement, which I don't blame him. Um, he handles the rejection pretty well, though. Basically, I mean, he just accepts her decision and wishes her the best. He doesn't so want to get. He doesn't want to get in the way of true love, right? You know. He's like, I thought we were on the same page, but... And Daphne, like, is definitely like, no, it's not a you problem. Yeah. It's a me problem. It absolutely was She's me. like, I was in love with someone else. And it was wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So, the whole interaction is very mature. I don't think I've ever handled an interaction no. that way. It's more of a ghosting and hope yep. you never talk to me again. A hundred percent. I'm... I am a hundred percent behind ghosting. I don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm just going to act like you don't exist. I don't want to know anything about you. I don't want to know what you're doing. Yeah. Or I don't want to know anything. I'm like, block me from everything and I never go, talk I to me. I ghosted a boy right before I started dating Jeff. <laughs> and I still think about him from time to time. Because he was such a nice guy. Oh, well. I'm not going to say his name. because He was standing in the way. We're still social media friends. He was standing in the way of true love. Apparently. <laughs> so, the prince is obviously upset. But he's not in the business of getting in the way of other people's choices. Um, he doesn't like to throw his station and, and, and his titles around to get his way, yeah. which we really admire about the prince. 
So out at the park, Mama B, Daphne, and Lady D are waiting for Simon. He's very late. Um, it's not a good start. Disrespectfully yes. late. Yeah. When he arrives, he's hungover. Um, probably still drunk. And mind you that they did not sleep. Probably. Mm. I'm assuming they didn't. Um, they went to the ball. They went back to their houses. They did their, like, sort of their affairs. They went to, the like, the battlefield. And then they're doing this this early in the morning. Um, it's been a tough couple hours for them. Yeah. <laughs> Lady Danbury is super, like, pissed off. And Mama B is just trying to act like everything's good. She was like, oh, no, oh, no, no, no. I remember. I remember this. The guy always, he always acts. He's just a little scared. Violet's like, let's not discuss anything uncomfortable. Yeah. Everything's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, Daphne is also trying to act like her mother. Yeah. She is like, she's like, oh, I don't know. She's just trying to act normal. Yeah. (laughs) And then they begin their little walk. Um, this scene is awful because Simon is so out of it because he, you know, he, he, I feel like he has like some regret. He just got a lot of feelings going on. Yeah, he's got a lot going on. Um, Daphne is like grasping for conversation. Um, and then they're approached by this other group of people just walking around and, they, you know, they compliment them and they mm-hmm. also like congratulate them on their engagement. And Daphne goes to hold Simon's hand oh. and he like snatches his hand. Oh. And it was so noticeable, one. And he snatches it away. It was Not just like a like like a no. Yeah. And then everyone saw it. It was so awkward. It was, it was embarrassing because he did not have to do that. Right. So Simon, we know, is acting like this because he feels like he's ruined Daphne's life. Mm-hmm. You know, he's trapped her in this marriage where she's not going to get what she wants. Simon gets what he wants because he wants Daphne. But Daphne doesn't get what she wants because she wants a big family, mm-hmm. you know. Um, he's not even, like, stopping to think, like, oh, maybe she does want to be with me. Like, she ch- She did make the decision. She made the decision to get but married. But also, she made that decision based off of... She also... Of yeah, that's true. That's true. So, so I can understand, I can understand why, why he... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we you said, said the same. Thing. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, wait. No, that was funny. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, in the next scene, Anthony. Oh my god, he's going to bother Sienna again. He just left her house. Like, well, also he left her probably. She was sleeping a few hours ago. Yeah. So he's like, I know she didn't leave this quick. That girl was like, Let me get out of here. I, what do you think she was lying? She was still there. He was, you know how he, like, spoke around the door, like, yeah. oh, you know, I don't, I think she was still there. Could have been. But her eyes, when he left her that morning, her eyes were open. So she was very aware when he left. Yeah. Even though she was pretending to be asleep. Yeah. So she could have got up, packed her stuff, and left then. That's true. So Anthony now knows that he can't flee from the law with her because, you know, the duel. He didn't end up killing Simon. And he can't use being dead as an excuse <laughs> to not be with her. So he decides to just keep up his promise of taking care of her. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't get a chance to share this with her, though, because when he gets there, it's not Sienna who opens the door. It's um, Madame Delacroix, her friend Genevieve. Um, she lets Aunt know that Sienna's gone and to leave her the fuck alone. Stop messing with her. Why are you bothering her? She's like, she doesn't need your money. Also, we agree. She's like a very popular opera singer. Yeah, she's she sings at every single ball. She Literally. should be. She I don't even know why you. she's living at Madame Delacroix's house. I don't know. I'm don't like, know. you should have money, girl. I'm hoping now she can find some peace. Yeah, me too. 
So we cut to the Featherington house. Um, we've said this before, but literally nothing good happens in that house. Not one. Um, not one scene. Lady Featherington comes storming in to, you know, inform lo- the Lord Featherington that she was unable to get the girls new dresses because they have a balance at the dress shop. Um, this is very embarrassing, obviously, since mm-hmm. they are supposed to be a very wealthy family. Lord Featherington has the audacity <laughs> to suggest that they rewear some of their old dresses. Imagine. Meanwhile, he has not given up any of his day-to-day comforts, and I'm pretty sure he's still gambling. He's still going to the club! Yeah. So, uh, Mo and I do not take this lightly, um, as we are women of luxury yes. <laughs> and comforts. We sure are. Uh, we require a lot of maintenance. Uh, no matter the budget. Yep, I I always I make a budget every month and I blow through it. Yep. So a budget is more like a suggestion. Yeah, this just, is what we should be spending. This is what we're. I always like congratulate spending. myself, like, oh, I only went this much over the budget. You know. <laughs> this is actually better. Well, look at this compared to December budget. I really <laughs> did good. So let me go get my nails done. <laughs> so a few seconds later, Colin comes. Um, he comes in to call on Marina. Uh, Penelope tries her hardest to cock block, um, but it didn't work. Colin is just too into Marina, and Marina is dead set on tricking him into be her, um, into being his, into being her baby daddy. Yeah, she is like, I need to get a plan, yeah. <laughs> some security. Um, a while later, Daphne and her mom go to visit Madame Delacroix at her dress shop. You know, because she needs some new things for married life. Mm-hmm. Um. Lady Bridgerton and Madame Delacroix both agree that five night dresses are a must. And Daphne is confused because she's like, why do I need so many night clothes? <laughs> What's going on? And her mom simply responds, well, you're a special time. <laughs> <laughs> like, Violet is avoiding the sex talk at all costs. She's doing Daphne a great disservice, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And we find that out very quickly. Um, oh my god. Of course, hating ass Cressida has to come in and ruin their moment. I feel her like she, neck is just oh, I just a it's an evil woman's neck. Yeah. That's that was the Lord's Perfect punishing casting. <laughs> she makes sure to let Daphne know that she saw the Duke and her in the garden last night, unchaperoned. Cressida obviously wants to get back at Daphne for ruining her courtship with Prince Friedrich. So Despite Daphne being afraid of that exact thing happening, she plays it cool. Um, she acts like first she acts like she has no idea what Cressida's talking about. And Good. then deny, deny, deny. <laughs> right. And then she pivots to letting Cressida know that it's much better to have a duchess as a friend than as an enemy. That's right. So play stupid games, Cressida, win stupid prizes. I was a little nervous at this scene because I'm like Cressida made a comment saying, let's hope your Duke makes it down the aisle. And I thought, yeah, he... I thought that were foreshadowing. Yeah. I'm like, he's not going to make it down the aisle. I feel like that tracks with his... his with his personality. personality. I'm yeah. like, he's not going to show up. But luckily, our societal standards are intact. Yes. So he could never do something like that. Um, so Queen Charlotte is still super mad. She is big mad that <laughs> she is... You know, she lost this game she was playing with herself. Literally. <laughs> No one was worried about it. Again, she's not upset that her nephew lost on the um, lost out on the girl. She's upset that she didn't get her way. She tries to put um, push Prince Friedrich into fighting for Daphne, but he's uninterested in breaking up like a happy and very popular cup 
Um, while they're saying their goodbyes, the queen's footman comes to tell her and her husband. Wait, no. Yeah, the queen's footman comes in to tell her that her husband is lucid. Yeah. And until now, um, we, we hadn't heard. Him. Yeah, we hadn't heard anything from him. We have not seen him. We've yeah. heard maybe one or two mentions of him. And then the only mentions was like, "Is he dead?" Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> is he? Is he dead? Then why are you telling me about this? Why are you bothering me? Um, she's uninterested and in too bad of a mood. So she has a plan to handle this whole Simon and Daphne situation. She's focused on that. Yeah. Not her dying Listen, husband. Yeah, I'm like, he's he's awake. I'm like, what is he asleep? Was he been sleeping? So we'll find out later. So we cut to Simon and Anthony meeting in the church to get the couple's special license. They begin talking about Daphne's I have a good hard job. time saying that, that was word. Good. I gotta like change my voice. <laughs> I gotta sit up straight to say this word. Um, Simon has no interest in taking money from the Bridgertons. No. Um, talk about a man. He yep. was like, like we said before, a Simon, man staying in men's business. Yeah, he stays in men's business and he takes care of his. He was like, trust me, Daphne is my responsibility now. She will be well taken care of he said i'm a duke so i'm like okay so he's like you can do what you want with her dowry um i'm not taking it and i'm like oh this time we got money money rich <laughs> um unfortunately things don't go as planned for aunt and simon at the church um the archbishop refuses to give them the special license basically saying i don't think there's a need i don't have to give you any other reason Daphne is, of course, like, super, when they tell her this, is super stressed because she knows the longer their engagement is, the more of an opportunity Cressida has to spill her tea. Yes. And Daphne does not want that. Um, all this worrying, though, has to be put on hold because Lady Danbury has come to party and she's not in the mood to look at their sour faces. <laughs> she comes in and she's like, what the hell? She's like, I thought we were celebrating. She's like, pep up. Um, so when Simon and Daphne explain the problem to her, Lady Danbury is like, this is the queen throwing a fit because mm -hmm. she didn't get her way. From this, yeah, in this scene, it makes me think that the queen and Lady Danbury are close in some sense, mm -hmm. or they used to be close, mm -hmm. or, because she knows. And I hadn't, she's really, been I hadn't really thought about that, but, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we'll see later when, <laughs> we'll see later at the, uh, at the mm -hmm. um, appeal. So, um, Lady D basically tells them to just give the queen what she wants, which is attention. Um, so they devise a plan to basically beg for the queen's blessing to get their special license. Yeah. If there's one thing Lady Danbury knows how to do, it's to work people in the situations uh, to go in her favor. So our boy, Benny, Benedict, is back at Henry's house, so that's very exciting. Henry the um, artist. Yep, Henry the artist's <laughs> house. Um, as soon as he walks in, the vibe is much different than the last time he was there. Um, last time he was there, if if you remember, he went there to paint, and you know they were just doing having an intimate yeah. little painting party. That's chill. Um, now they're still doing some nude painting and drawing, but the house is full of people, pretty much having like an orgy type thing. There's people everywhere. There's people on the stairs. Yeah. There's people on couches. <laughs> and um, it's just a bunch of couples and thruples <laughs> all over the house. 
everywhere and getting it on. So we're like, what happened to art? We here? thought he was an artist. <laughs> no paintings being drawn here. Uh, Benedict runs into Madame Delacroix. They don't know each other, but obviously Madame Delacroix knows him. She's like, little boy, you better get out of here. She's like, this is not the space for you. Um, he does exactly the opposite, though, and he basically just starts making out with her almost <laughs> immediately. Um, like, the next time we see them, they're just, like, on the stairs making out. And he starts looking around for a room for them to mess around in, and he comes across Henry with another man. Um, this obviously takes him by surprise, but Henry's pretty much like, whatever. He's, Henry- he's busy. Henry looked him right in the eyes, yeah, like, didn't say break, something. He said didn't, he didn't break eye contact. Or close the door. He's like, what are you doing? You gonna say something? You're or coming you gonna in, close? you going. Yeah. Because <laughs> I ain't got time for it. Get out. Um, Benedict quickly excuses himself and gets pulled into a situation with Madame Delacroix and some unknown lady who we'll find out more about later. Yes. So we cut to Simon very drunk. Oh, my God. Again. He's going through it. Um, He's depressed. He's laying on the ground outside the bar um, he was just thrown out of. He's like singing this song. Uh, he's very drunk. So um, he's very reckless with his public image at this point. Um, <laughs> he's like, sing the one about the trapped wife. I'm like, Jesus. Just calm down. He's so dramatic <laughs> and attention seeking. And I'm like, for you not to want any attention, you sure you know, act like you want attention. Yes. So, um, Will, his best friend Will, who he does not give enough credit to, mm-hmm. like, his best friend Will finds him and they, and then he goes on a rant about how he's trapped Daphne in this marriage, how it doesn't matter how much he cares for her, um, that following his feelings has ruined her life. Now, us as viewers know this isn't true. Daphne really wanted to marry Simon, but he is too blinded by his own daddy issues to see anything clearly. He's kind of selfish. He's very he's very self-centered. Yeah. He's very, I'm thinking of myself. He doesn't think about other people. I'm like, what's But he's been on his own. This? He's been on his own. I, this has haunted me. What sign is Simon Bassett? Oh, we got it. Well, okay. Listeners, if you have any ideas, I think, mm-hmm. I vote, my vote. Pisces. Oh my gosh. My vote is Pisces. He is a Pisces. Pisces men. <laughs> I dated a Pisces man for five years. So Ruined my moody. life. Yes. And I feel like they always do that silent treatment thing. Yep. I would. That's a Pisces man. <laughs> um. Okay, we're back at the Featherington house uh, where Lady Featherington is yet again trying to ruin Marina's life. That's like her day-to-day Marina focus. Marina is running out of options. Like, she, yes. she's kind of showing not a ton. Like, you can kind of see her dress it's like... tiny. Yeah, she's probably about like four months. Yeah, she's tiny, but sometimes when, you tu- when she like turns, you can kind of see like a little outline. Yeah. So, despite Marina's obvious disinterest in Lord Rutledge, who is that old guy Lady Featherington wants her to marry, um, you know, Lady Featherington is just trying to pawn her off, and Marina is running out of options. She might not have a choice. She might have to marry this old-ass man. Ugh. Imagine. Um, so Lady Featherington explains to her that sorry. she doesn't have time to wait. Right. Sorry. I'm Go ahead. Sorry to interrupt. No. I was just thinking about it. So <laughs> he's old. As hell. But 
she will get her life back in probably around like 15 years when he dies. That's a very good point. Like, do you just put up with it for like 10, 15 years? Give him a couple kids. Like, do you just put up with it? She, she'll be well, she'll be rich. She ain't got to really that look at him. That is such a good point. And then when he dies, will she just get all, well, I don't she know. She gets to live like Mama B. Yeah. So. That's a good I point. That's a good point. She Maybe she should have done that. Okay, continue. <laughs> Instead of choosing that route, which is obviously what me and Sierra would have chosen, <laughs> um, she convinces Lady Featherington that she can get Colin Bridgerton to propose to her. Um, and the way she's going to do it is seducing him and yeah. pretending like the child is his. Because um, she knows Colin will do the right thing because he's a good guy. Um, us here at Hoochin and Hollerin', we want Marina to have a happy ending. We yes. want her to have a happy ending. But we also kind of agree with Penelope at this point. She, Colin doesn't deserve to be lied to and tricked into a marriage. Yeah. Just because she's looking for a way out of her situation. So it's kind of hard for us to reconcile really wanting what's best for Marina. We want her to be safe and happy and healthy. But also reconciling that with the fact that she has to trick Colin to do that. Right. And it's, we want both of them to have the best. Yeah. And this is not the best for Colin. Colin is so nice. He that doesn't deserve it. Honest, yeah, he doesn't deserve it whatsoever. But you know what? If she decided to take the route to treat Colin as like a friend and tell him everything. I think he would have been like, okay. I think he would have helped her. And he really likes her. Yep. I, think, I think if he she would have been her. honest, he would have been like, yep. Yeah. Whatever. Yep, that sounds perfect. Yeah, we'll see. So, we get our first view of King George the Third. Um, I'm really excited. We have a lot of feelings. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited today. I was not excited the three times I watched this episode. Right. Because we didn't know who King George the Third was. Yeah, we were just like, King George the Third. Okay, cool. Yeah. But now we're really excited because we're going to talk about this more in our um, life in 1813. Also, this drink is it's good. <laughs> the more you drink it, the better it gets. Yep. And I'm like sweating. This My hands are hot. <laughs> and I didn't eat anything This today. shit is hitting. Oh, yeah. Sarah came over this morning. I was like, what did you have for breakfast? She oh. said iced coffee. I had iced coffee. You brought this on yourself. You're going to be very drunk. And I had three gummy hearts. Three you really drunk. gummy sour hearts. Yeah, I'm hot. I'm hot. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> up until now, we have, you know, we didn't hear much about him. We just heard that um, King George III was sick or, you know, he wasn't feeling up to it. So that's kind of what we assume based off of the conversations that the queen had with her footmen people. So now we know the truth. The king is dealing with a mental illness. Our research tell, tells us historically that King George's mental and physical health conditions were due to possible arsenic poisoning. Um, the king and queen's dinner together takes a really bad turn when he asks about Emily, his nickname for their da uh, daughter, Amelia. Um, that's his favorite child. Um, the queen, distraught, has to remind them that the daughter died three years ago. So this throws him into a very violent episode. So it is kind of hard to watch for the yeah. viewer because it was very unexpected and we did. He acts so um, normally. Yeah, it happened so quick. Yeah. Um, so he had a violent episode and he's carried off by the staff and it's just a really sad scene. 
So doing our research about King George III, we find out that he is the Mad King. We have a crossover. Yeah, we have (laughs) another crossover. Bridgerton Bridgerton not only crossovers (laughs) with Harry Potter, Twilight. I don't know how we made that connection. We made a connection with Twilight. (laughs) And freaking Hamilton again. Yes. I am very excited. I love this. I love this. Um... So that opens another door for a Hamilton comparison. So <laughs> Mo and I were very shook when we find, found out that this is the same king that appears in Hamilton and is responsible for the American Revolution. So like I said earlier, it'll be more on this in our life in 1813 section. Um, after watching this, I feel that the queen has been acting so nonchalant and cold toward her husband's situation as a way to sort of protect herself um, in her own well-being, both physically and mentally. Um, I don't think it's easy for her to be away from her husband. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like all of our research kind of pointed to the fact that they really loved each they other. They were in love. Yeah. yeah. So I don't think this is an easy thing for her to do. Um, but I also think she doesn't want to dwell on the sad reality of her marriage at this point. So right. she's kind of just like distancing herself to protect herself. And you can kind of tell she's in a depressive state because she doesn't yeah. leave and she looks for... Distractions. Yeah, she's like so concerned with like everyone else. Oh my God. It's so sad. Yeah. Poor Queen Charlotte. Um. So in these next two scenes, our two main characters, Daphne and Simon, are going through basically the exact same thing. They're both worried they won't be able to make their marriage work. Daphne confides in Rose her fear that being unable to have children will mean that their marriage will feel empty and sad. Mm-hmm. Rose, always a supportive friend to Daphne. I mean, obviously she works for Daphne, but you can tell they're very, very close. Rose is the lady's maid, if you, if yes. Daphne's lady's maid, if you didn't know yes. um, her by name. Yes. So Rose ensures her that, you know, she can have a happy marriage without kids. Rose's aunt has a happy marriage without kids, and she mm-hmm. tells her that. Um, Simon, like I said, is dealing with the same things, is at Will's house, um, and he confides in Will and his wife, you know, that he's concerned about you know how to make their marriage work um and the will and alice basically explained to him that you know communication and love is all you need to make a marriage work we know will and alice have such a strong marriage yeah and it's so sweet that will takes him in mm -hmm. and he wakes up (laughs) simon wakes up to their kid just like in his face (laughs) and simon's like smiling throughout this whole scene so he's like I don't know. You can kind of tell in his eyes that he kind of... He wants a family. Yeah. The only reason he doesn't want a family is to spite his father. He needs therapy. His father, who is dead. That man is in the ground. Yeah. So, despite the words of wisdom from their closest friends, um, accepting them will actually take a while. Yes, for both of them. Yeah. Simon and Daphne finally make their way to hold an audience with the queen. They bring Mama B... And Lady D. I'm getting excited. I know. I'm like, what? I thought you were hand signaling something to me. I'm like, what am I saying? Something weird? No, I'm excited. Okay. So they bring Mama B and Lady D for support, which is a very smart choice because they are um, rocks. Solid women. Yeah, solid women. Uh, So now before jumping into the scene, can we talk about the fact that the queen has 84 (laughs) Pomeranians. It's too many dogs. And then you got a person... To hold each to dog. To hold each dog. It's too much. I'm like... That's excessive. Another... <laughs> another sign of depression. 
you need all of these people and pets around spend surround, the money spend the money yeah fill the void fill the void yep <laughs> you fill the void <laughs> with things and pets and people yeah so our queen is bougie obviously yes. and it's her world and we are living in it for sure uh Anyway, Daph and Simon come to plead their case in front of the queen in hopes that they'll be able to get their special license to marry by the end of the week. Yep. Um, Daph launches into the speech about how it was love at first sight, but Simon's like, no. <laughs> she was lying. I was shook. Well, I thought he was about to throw it all under the bus. Yeah. Um, Simon basically says it was most certainly not love at first sight. Um, and, oh my God, here we get Simon's... Amazingly sweet monologue. We're going to read it because it's just too yes, good to paraphrase. Read them all. Okay. Quote uh, The young lady flatters me, but it's not love at, it was not love at first sight for either of us. There was attraction, certainly, at least on my part, but Miss Bridgerton thought me presumptuous, arrogant, and insincere. All fair, really. And I thought her a prim young lady, barely out of leading strings, not to mention the sister of my best friend. And so romance was entirely out of the question for both of us. But in so removing it, we found something far greater. We found friendship. You see, Miss Bridgerton and I have been fooling all of Mayfair for some time. We have fooled them into thinking we are courting. When really, all along, we simply enjoyed each other's company so much we could not stay away from one another. So sweet. I have never been a man that much enjoyed flirting or chatting or indeed talking at all. But with Daphne, Miss Bridgerton, conversation has always been easy. Her laughter brings me joy. To meet a beautiful woman is one thing, but to meet your best friend in the most beautiful of women is something entirely apart. And it is with my sincerest apology, I must say it took the prince coming along for me to realize I did not want Miss Bridgerton to only be my friend. I wanted her to be my wife. I want her to be my wife. And so I plead with you not to make us wait. That is oh, so my God. sweet. Oh, these should have been as valid. Oh, my gosh. Like, Simon is a man of, like you said, very few words. Mm-hmm. But when he does speak, mm. he makes us, one, he makes us all listen. Mm. But two, he he says, like, meaningful things. Lord God. Um, Daphne is speechless. She's staring. She was staring at him, like, teary-eyed the whole time. <laughs> and he never looked at her, of course. But, um, <laughs> I'm like, he still stayed true to some parts yep. of his uh, personality. But... Um, she's speechless. After hearing all of this, um, she remember she's still unsure if Simon even likes her, right? Which is weird because we know he. I don't know. She just she's just very unsure at this point because he this whole time he never looked after the duel he never looked at her yeah or spoke they to have her not made eye contact yeah <laughs> so she's very confused at this point. Um, so this speech actually works on the queen who commends them for figuring out that friendship is the key to a strong foundation for marriage. Yeah. Queen Charlotte alludes to her own marriage saying, quote, you are wise or perhaps unusually lucky to understand friendship to be the best possible foundation a marriage can have. Even if that foundation should crumble as quickly as it was built. Our queen reflecting on the state of her own marriage Mm -hmm. relents to Simon and Daphne's request. Right. So we have a wedding. (laughs) The next thing you know, we are watching Daphne come down the aisle toward like a very maybe nervous Simon. Dressed as always. Daphne, she is wearing 
white gloves, good. white dress, a beautiful like head thing. I think it was a tiara. I don't know. She looks beautiful. Yeah. She looks if you didn't know what a virgin looked like, that's what a virgin looks like. Daphne is it. I hear from Simon. That much white. True white. <laughs> not <laughs> off white. Simon and his riding boots. <laughs> <laughs> Simon has on like this high collar. Okay, they wore high collars then. So high collar white thing signature blazer yeah and um riding boots i don't so, know if that was the look did they not have dress shoes back then? i don't know maybe not maybe they always had to be ready to ride a horse yeah. at any <laughs> at, at any moment you need to be ready to you know, saddle up like guys wear basketball shorts underneath their pants in high school okay they had to always be ready for a game of pickup <laughs> Like, what is it, Tuesday, 3 o'clock, I'm going to put some basketball shorts on under my jeans, just in case this, this boys want to play. This is the 1813 equivalent. I need to have riding boots just in case we got to yes. go somewhere. So, okay, so the ceremony is very intimate. It's just the Bridgerton clan, Lady Danbury, Will, and Alice, the people most important to them. Um, obviously, um, and Daphne finally gets to Ugh. live out the first fantasy she ever had, which I know is Mo's like thing. This Listen. is her the glove, the glove removing thing is Mo's thing. I was like, um, who's that's her first fantasy was um Simon removing her glove. Um it's a very tense moment. And the fact that let's just commend the fact that he made it down the aisle. Thank I was God. happy. They put the rings up like it was a whole thing, like he made it, they got married. They didn't say any words other than what the I don't think having anything. their own vows was a thing back then. No, though. probably not. Yeah, they had to read from the, you know, yeah. Bible. This is so good. This drink? Yes. I've, yeah. I feel I've, like my tongue. Like, I have finished mine. <laughs> you got a little, you got one little sip left. And we're drinking out of martini glasses, so it's only, what? What can fit in here? Four ounces? Yeah, it's about four ounces because yeah. it's three ounces of each liquid and then... One ounce of each liquid. It is exactly four and ounces. three liquids. Yep. And the lemon juice, which makes it's it... It's an ounce of... Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's Math. Guys. Make Math. Sure. <laughs> we're like, carry the one, <laughs> add it, and then... <laughs> I'm not going to math. Um... The ceremony was small, but the reception yes, is busting, boy. Party. I'm like shrimp, <laughs> shrimp. Was that the cocktail shrimp? They had a thing of crawfish. They had some weird pastry that had a bunch of asparagus in it. Yeah, uh, they had they had a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole town's there. The cake is huge, and it kind of looks like an intricate building. So that baker from the beginning of the episode was putting it work. Yeah. Um, and flowers the baker everywhere. used. Um, we watch baking shows. Mm-hmm. So you remember, um, so it's not glaze and it's not fondant. It's that, um, dang, I can't think of the name of it. But it's mm-hmm. like a, it's the fondant before fondant was fondant. I can't think of the name oh, of it. that's on the top of my tongue. Yes. It, Wait, I don't know where they that. And I was thing. like, oh my God. I was so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, marzipan? Marzipan! Yes! <laughs> yes! They use marzipan and yes. i was looking in the background like oh okay i see interesting choice here um marzipan is very thin and hard to work with listen that shows technique yeah that is technique and they didn't have fondant no they didn't have no sugar fondant to he work told with them they didn't have sugar so they had to make it work oh yeah yeah wow okay so on the other side of the room pen and marina are fighting because pen is again trying to stop marina from tricking colin into marrying her 
Um, she tells Marina she doesn't want her to, quote, trap a good man. Mm-hmm. Um, Marina snaps back, asking Penn if she should, like, trap a bad man. Like, would you prefer me to marry a bad man? Which is a valid point. Um, in her current circumstance, she's just trying to do what's best best for her and her baby. Yeah. Even if that's not what's best for everyone. One piece of good news for our girl Marina is, um, Lord Rutledge is engaged. Thank God. Um, <laughs> Lady Featherington walks in like, just so you know, you, you know, lost out on this engagement and Marina's like, pity. So she's liberated from his pres- um, his presence, but that makes bagging Colin Bridgerton even more important. Um, she has run out of options and time. Mm-hmm. Um, Marina makes up an excuse to go somewhere private with Colin. She talks about, um, I don't know, she, I think it's she said she crowded. was hotter. It's hot. Yeah, it's crowded. It's hot and crowded. So leaving Penelope behind and super upset. Um, Penn can't even confide in her closest friend Eloise because they still haven't made up from their falling out in episode four. So that's right. the last episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in the separate room, Marina begins to seduce Colin, or she tries to, at least. Um, before anything can happen, Colin stops himself and he's basically like, I have to protect you and my family's honor. Yeah. Marina is shook because she, she thought it was going to be so easy to bag him and like to get him. He's like, he might be the youngest. No, he's not even the youngest. But no. he just—he gives me such boyish vibes. So I feel like Marina was kind of playing on that. Like, oh, he's kind yeah. of young. He'll make dumb decisions. Marina also doesn't know what. Yes, just yesterday, Colin was dealing with Daphne in this whole thing. He knows better. That is a very good point. He's like, my sister just got caught up in some shit like this. Yeah, and you think I'm about to get my family? You know, no, we ma'am. just. Colin's a smart guy. Yeah. So Colin might have made the right decision by avoiding resisting temptation here, but Babyface Bridgerton still isn't the most sensible of the bunch. Right. He decides that the best course of action is to get married. He's like, oh, let's just get married. And so he's known Marina all of like what two months. Yeah. Um, they're both still very young. And none of his older brothers are married, but he thinks that this is the way to go. Uh, Colin obviously just wants to get laid. Yeah. He obviously just wants to have sex. Um, however, he's not, he's still not in quite a big a hurry as Marina is. Because he's like, let's have a long engagement. It will be romantic. Colin Marina, is cute. Marina's like, I don't got the time. She's like, we need to get one of those special licenses your sister got. Because <laughs> uh, I am, I'm in a bad spot. And like we said, if I feel like if she would have just been honest with him, this would have been a completely different situation. Absolutely. So these next few scenes are kind of annoying. They're annoying because all of the women in Daphne's life literally let her down mm-hmm. when it comes to telling her what to expect on her wedding night. Yeah. Um, when the queen comes to congratulate her, she says, quote, I hope you made the right choice. Well, either way, I hope you will enjoy your wedding night at the very least. Which she will. Yeah. Daphne has no idea what she's talking about, obviously. Um, So she just gets more and more nervous thinking about this dreaded thing everyone keeps calling her wedding night. While that's happening, Eloise is continuing her search for Lady Whistledown. Um, Now accusing Lady Danbury of being the famous gospel. She's just like, 
she's outing. She just keeps asking people in public like they're going to admit to it. Right, too. like you're Lady Whistledown. What is she supposed to be like? Yep. I sure am. You got me. Yeah. Um, that just, let's talk about the mediocrity of like rich kids. Like, let's, <laughs> <laughs> they just think things come so easily. Um, so Lady Danbury is flattered because everyone loves Lady Whistledown. But she's like, that's not me, girl. Um, ooh, at the same time, mm-hmm. this is happening. There's a lot going on in this wedding. Yeah. Um, our boy Benny runs into his friend Henry and his wife. <laughs> Who just so happens to be the woman Benedict hooked up with at his house at Henry's house last night? Benedict choked. He's like on his drink when he saw that woman. So he's like real chill about it. Um, but discretion is the name of the game here. So no one's gonna talk about what Benedict had going on or what Henry's got going down with that unknown man. Yeah. Um, They're like, what party? Benedict what? found his people. Yeah, he, he found, found his. People. Yes, he found his tribe, which yes. is super cool. Um, at this point in the party, Daphne is slowing, like slowly dying from anxiety. Like, um, Simon won't look at her. She keeps trying to make eye contact. She's trying so hard. She's like waving and like smiling. He just keeps turning his head. Like how annoying. But, um, so she takes her leave to go to like sulk in her room, which is the perfect opportunity for Mama B to get some alone time with her for the like B talk the sex talk um if you can call it that (laughs) so before we talk about her failure as a mother we have to note that her (laughs) boobs them bangs banging yeah (laughs) they are the highest i have ever seen them it's really just they are so tight it makes no sense and please go back and look at the scene like if you haven't watched bridgerton go to this scene if you have yes. watched Bridgerton, go back. Fashion or not, it's not practical. It and doesn't look comfortable. <laughs> okay, so Mama B and Daphne are about to have the talk. And in the book, this scene is hilarious <laughs> and, like, super similar. Um, Violet, both in the book and in the show, Violet, like, looks sick trying to talk to Daphne. Yeah. Um, she says a lot without saying anything. And she explains to Daphne that her mother well in the book she explains to Daphne that her mother told her less so here like you're welcome because my mom didn't even tell me all of that but she still didn't say anything Violet literally it's so disappointing this is like one of the most important conversations yeah. you can have with your daughter mm-hmm. you sent her out into this world unequipped yep to handle it yep and you know what that leads to and it's not unsatisfying good. sex I mean Daphne looks out but if you don't talk to your daughter about like what that's Evelyn, please don't. I'm not gonna be. I'm like I'm like Mama Bridgerton. I don't want to be nowhere near. No, I'm gonna be talking to my daughter. My daughter now is different. You got the internet. I don't care. I'm gonna make sure my daughter is prepared, yeah, equipped. True. She knows yeah. what she wants and what she doesn't want. Because too many of our young girls are sent out here into the world, 15, 16, 17, older, having sex. And it's not good. They are also 15, 16, and 17. Let's not act like teens. Let's not act like teens aren't having sex. They are. They are. So we might as well get them ready. Yes. Let's push through. That apparently, that's a controversial topic. I'm like, Violet, I'm like, I don't want to have this conversation because I feel like you're giving me a talk. All right. <laughs> anyway, uh, Violet sp- 
spends what seems like an, an eternity beating around the bush. <laughs> <laughs> the figurative bush. You are gross. <laughs> <laughs> she talks about how nervous she was at her wedding night and how something called the marital act will happen between da Daphne and Simon. But that's about it. And like, what is the marital act? Daphne's like, literally, what is this act you're talking about? She's so embarrassed and flustered um, by the whole thing that she never actually tells Daphne anything. Nope. Like, she doesn't tell her what to do, what what's going to happen. It's horrible. Yep. So the conversation leaves Daphne feeling even more nervous and confused. Um, this is such a frustrating scene because it's Violet's duty to let her know what's going to happen. Or yes. at least tell her what sex is, Something. at the very least. She failed her daughter in this instance. Um, yeah, this failure plays a huge part in the future conflicts in the series. Um, so stay tuned for that. Too soon, Daphne has to say goodbye to the only home she's ever known and to her family as she makes her way off to her new home in life. I was Imagine. about to cry in this scene because it is so sad. Like, mm -hmm. these are all these, you got so many siblings. They are, and you guys are actually close. Mm -hmm. It's sad this is to all see Daphne's ever known. Yeah. And now she, she doesn't know when she's going to see her family again, essentially. Right. That's sad. Um, I feel like Daphne is too worried about tonight, so she can't really grasp mm -hmm. the, like, finality of this and, like, the weight of all of this. Um, she does have some cute moments with her siblings, but... Yeah, she told Eloise, like, I have a gift for you, and it's four walls in the bed. You yeah, get to have my room. room behind. That was nice. And Eloise is, like, tearing up, and then they're all, like, hugging and saying goodbye to her as she leaves. It was a really sweet scene. Um, so things go from worse to horrible. Horrible. <laughs> horrible. <laughs> the second they leave Mayfair. So Simon informs them that they'll be stopping at an inn for the night. And, Dim and Daphne is like, Diamond. And Daphne is like, on our wedding night? Like, we're stopping at an inn? We can't even go home or whatever? So it's very awkward. Um... So it's even more awkward in a book because it's horrible. It's so bad in a yeah. book. So they're like taking this long carriage ride to their destination. And Daphne kind of wants to, it seemed like she kind of wants to talk to they Simon. They haven't had any they haven't time. Had, yeah. They haven't had any time to themselves to like just talk. And Simon was like, ah, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to go to sleep. Mm. So then Simon fakes sleep he fakes for like sleep. eight hours it's too much and she's looking at him like i know you're faking because i have siblings yes. and little brothers and things who do this so it's pain it was painful to read <laughs> and like it's painful to watch here because yeah daphne he's avoiding know. her at all costs yeah okay guys we're gonna talk about our last scene last it's it's a good one scene it's a good one y'all they get to the end and have separate rooms mm -hmm. which is so weird um Daphne now is like losing her composure she didn't know much but she does know yeah that they should not be sleeping nope. in separate rooms she's like this is weird <laughs> Simon is he's so uncomfortable he was just like okay see you at dinner <laughs> so the show then cuts between both of their um both of their rooms and they're both pacing and try to figure out how to handle this horrible situation the tension is like <laughs> rising because then the music is like picking up too yeah. and you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen? <laughs> so we're on the edges of our seats and then we're like, what is about to happen? 
So Daph decides to go confront him, but as soon as she opens the door, Simon is right there. Yeah. <laughs> um, great minds think alike. They both were like, let's just, we gotta do something. Yeah. Um, dumbass Simon. He's like, uh, we should go to dinner. And Daphne is done. She's like, I don't want no damn dinner. <laughs> she's like, I don't like what's going on. So Simon comes in the room and he's like, what's wrong? He's like, I promise the food is good. Don't worry. And she's like, shut up. <laughs> he said that in the book too. Like, did I mention how good the food is here? <laughs> she's like, I don't want to hear it. So after three days, fine, uh, Daphne is like, finally able to say what's on her mind she wants to know why simon has been ignoring her mm -hmm. um they are married so we're finally getting getting into it y'all yeah like thank god essentially they both have been worried that the other that they've trapped the other yes and tricked the other into marriage so daphne because she lured simon into the garden knowing that what would happen if they were seen and simon feels that way because he followed her into the garden knowing what would happen if they were seen. Um, they're both afraid that the other is miserable because they've ruined the other person's life. Right, and we get another great stretch from Simon here. He says, quote, Everything I told the queen was true. I cannot stop thinking of you. From the mornings you ease, from the evenings you quiet, to the dreams you inhabit, my thoughts of you never end. I'm yours, Daphne. I have always been yours. We get so many good scenes with Simon. Yes. We get so much good dialogue for Simon. In five episodes, it took <laughs> this man to speak up. So Daphne is confused, first by his words and then by his body language. He's still like pacing and acting like hot and bothered and upset. And she thinks he's angry because... He's acting that way. Yeah. Um, but we know, <laughs> we know why. We know why he's that way. <laughs> uh, we get the iconic I burn for you exchange here. So Daphne says, quote, it is you I cannot sacrifice. I burn for you. And it finally clicks for both of them. Like, they love each other. Oh, cool. Good thing we got married. God. Um, the following scene, the following sex scene is, for lack of a more sophisticated <laughs> analysis, hot as fuck <laughs> the only thing that would make it more hot is if simon wasn't talking the asking entire all time. these questions why do men always want to talk so much during sex and if we have any male listeners please write us and let us know why do you want to talk so much during sex okay what, what, what were you thinking about literally what were you thinking about when uh, given direct it's just too much she's like what you what do you want? She's like, what else? What do you want me to say? She's like, I don't want to talk about this. I already Simon. don't know what's about to happen. Literally. So. Focus. <laughs> so, uh, oh my God, why do I keep calling her diamond? <laughs> Daphne finally gets clarity on what the marital act is. And she has a uh, excellent <laughs> teacher, let me tell you. Um, she's definitely lucked out for a 19th century girl. Yeah. Um, actually, any girl. In any century with this guy. She's left out. Yeah. Yep. We love Simon. <sighs> Daphne's first time is so magical. Yeah, and good for her. So good for her. We're so happy for her. We're also happy Simon and her are finally on the same page so they can stop acting so goddamn weird. Mm -hmm. Like, for no good reason. For no reason. We'd be remiss to pass over one of the things that taints this 
beautiful scene. Um, and that's the <laughs> that is the action of Simon pull out King Bassett. Yeah. The first time I saw this, I immediately knew he pulled out. Um, I screamed at my TV. I was I was like, what? <laughs> I looked at it and I'm like, huh? That's kind of weird. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I guess, I guess they didn't. The well, first thought is like, maybe they didn't have condoms or contraception back then, they so they used just, like actual pig intestines. Yeah, right. What was it? Sheep? I thought it was sheepskin or, or sheep, lamb or like sheep. Yeah, yep. yeah. But I, my first initial thought was like, oh, they're, they're just not ready to have a kid. Yeah. No, he's a scoundrel. Yeah. He's. So obviously Daphne has no idea how sex works, so she doesn't know that this is weirdo behavior. Like this is weird as fuck. Um, more on that very soon. Yay! Okay, so that's our recap for season one, episode five of Bridgerton. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Good scene. We got some it's more. The climax of the season. Yeah. Figuratively and literally. <laughs> so. The theme. The theme of this episode is liberation. Liberation. Yes. Very good theme. So in a world where you are severely held to the P's and Q's, um, there are little moments where you get to do things that you enjoy or you find pleasure in. Mm -hmm. Um, In this episode, we have a few of our characters who get a taste of this freedom. Okay. To start us off, Benedict found... A new world, thanks to artist Henry. Yeah, his um, life is turned upside down. Yeah. He was like, is it? Is this a world that... What He's like, guys we, we painted yeah. naked ladies, men are having sex with men. Like, He's I like, like this. Yeah, it's banging. <laughs> um, in his second visit to Henry's house, Benedict was pulled into a world of fantasy and exploration. Um, at this party, he was free to be himself and free to be with not one, but two ladies. Mm. Um, Henry was also momentarily liberated by the standards of society ruled by labels, you know? Yes. So our next character that gets a little taste of freedom is Sienna. Thank God. Yeah. Even though she was not seen in this episode, Genevieve made it very clear to Antony that she has moved on. She has loosened the shackles of Antony. Jesus. (laughs) I'm over it. And is off to hopefully bigger and better things. Um, you ask who else is liberated? It's Marina, the old Lord Rutledge. Please look at how I spell Rutledge. <laughs> you did your best. <laughs> <laughs> He's engaged and she is free to pursue the young and quote-unquote naive Colin Bridgerton. And so now for the most liberated character in this episode, it is our Duchess of Hastings. <sighs> now she has a new title. She is the yes. Duchess, the Duchess of Hastings, Daphne Bridgerton. Which I don't even think you get, do you even get to keep Bridgerton? I think you just have, you go by Daphne, Duchess of Hastings now, right? Oh, yeah, because you're right. Because royal, they don't have last, not like last names, you just have like the position you're in. So Megan is, or was, mm-hmm. Megan the Duchess of Sussex? I think so. Because hmm. now, because you know, the Queen of England, she, she doesn't have a last name. They don't do last name, that's not a thing. Oh. They are just where they... Live. live or where they rule, I guess. So I think they just kind of pick a place for you. Like, hey, um, you you rule Sheboygan, so you are the <laughs> Duchess of Sheboygan. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, although she is now like 
legally bound to Simon. She she's, owns her. Yeah, he yep. he owns her. Yep. Yep. She's still so, liberated though. She's liberated. <laughs> you gotta celebrate the small <laughs> victories in this time. <laughs> she's bound to Simon, but she is free from the stress of one, the marriage market. True. And you know, she loses her virginity to her love match. Liberated like, all over the sheets. Yes. <laughs> Yay. Okay, so now it's time to talk about our favorite scene from this episode. Yep. Um, we both had the same favorite scene this week. Um, the scene doesn't take place in the books, but it's such an important part of the series. Um, when Sa- da- Simon and Daphne go to appeal to the queen for their special marriage license, Simon gives the sweetest, most vulnerable monologue so far in the season, um, yeah. which we quoted earlier on. He's so sweet. Um, Simon's, he's a reserved guy. He says it himself when he tells the queen that he was, you know, never much one from talking or flirting. Yeah. Um, so this was huge for him and pretty much served as his vows to Daphne. He's so Love sweet. It. Um, so each episode, we're also going to share our choice for this week's Incomparable. Um, this is the character who impressed us the most or overall stole the show. Um, I don't think it's any surprise, but no. this week's or this week's incomparable is Simon. Simon Bassett. Yes, the Duke. <laughs> Dookie Duke. Based on our favorite moment. It is very clear yeah. that Simon is our winner. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, Simon is attractive. He's an attractive that man. That man is fine. It took him five episodes to win. But, he one, he even looks, he looks better to me when he's like mad and like. Need that. I love yeah. when a man's mad at me. That's why I'm most attracted to them. I'm like, what is this glare? <laughs> like, I love that. Um, he's just a handsome dude. And this is not the only reason he won Incomparable. But that's the most important reason yeah, to me. Yeah, how it looks. <laughs> uh, but he also has those two beautiful monologues in this episode that spelled out his love for Daphne. Um, like the book Simon, we truly felt the depth of his love and commitment to her. Like, it's very obvious. Simon finally used his voice, and despite all the trouble and heartache he caused, he went through with his promise to marry Daphne. He did. Um, he also as we saw, is going to be an amazing provider, a man worried about men's business. That's right. And, you know, he's overall very caring and sweet, even though he struggles to show it. Yeah. Um, We found Simon. And he secured Simon got the hottest the hottest girl. Got the hottest girl in the game wearing my chains. All right, uh, each episode we're also going to talk a little bit about life in 1813 London. Uh, so top off your drinks and get ready for a little chat about King George III and Queen Charlotte. Yay! Hang in there with us. This is a really good history lesson. Yes. So, although there is no definite evidence, all the research points to Queen Charlotte being black. Okay? Um, black girl magic. Yep. <laughs> Queen Charlotte is known to be Britain's first black queen. Um, She was born Sophia Charlotte of Mecklenburg-Strelitz in 1744. 
Queen Charlotte's features and physiological traits led historians to believe that she was of mixed race. Um, it has been found that she descended from the black branch of the Portuguese royal house called Margarita de Castro e Soice. Um, Soice? I don't know. I just said it. My <laughs> accent. Um, this would explain her Africanesque features. Many historians have tried to crack this case to find her true ancestry, but without a DNA test, you know, we can only speculate. So Queen Charlotte and the English King George III married in 1761. So she wasn't too old. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, only six hours after meeting. So crazy. They, that is crazy. Um, even though they married for strategy, many have said that they had the most loving and successful of all royal marriages. Um, they had 15 children together. Fifteen times. No. <laughs> I have one child, let me tell you. No. No. We can't afford 15. She birthed 15 children? I think the first one, they, they were year after year after year. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was like a ladder. It had to be. Put the king in prison. Oh. Lock him up. So... During King George's reign, he was known for two things, going mad and causing the American Revolution. Mm. <laughs> not, not a legacy. Not, not the best track. <laughs> King George was seen as an immovable tyrant to um, American, Amer Americans. Americans, although, you know, parliamentary ministers were also to blame for the crazy taxation. Right. So you... They probably had more to do with it. Yes. But he was the figurehead. So, you know, so. the crown is the crown, but... Mm -hmm. They don't... This is a figurehead. Yeah. So, but the parliament going. had more to do with that. Yeah. Um. So, King George III showed his first signs of mental illness in 1765. The king would have, like, violent fits, as we've seen in um, this episode. They would be so bad that they confined him to a straitjacket, which I don't think... So, back in the day, they didn't... Obviously, they didn't know how to handle these situations. Right, right. Yeah. So by 1788, the queen was so terrified by the king's illness mm. that she requested they live separately. Yeah. So she got her stuff in. Yeah. Moved. Yeah. Um, by 1790, the queen fell into a deep depression um, as the king's health and mental state declined. She eventually avoided him altogether and kept her, de her herself busy decorating mm -hmm. and gardening. Um, by 1810, he was set in his final illness and declared unfit to rule. The next year, his son George the Fourth became Prince Regent. So during the time of Bridgerton, mm -hmm. the king really has no power. It's his son yep. who is really ruling, and um, we see the queen, you know, living separately from him, yeah. not really worried about him. And the queen still had power over the king, the court, and the household. Okay. So even though that George the Fourth became Prince Regent. The queen still had some power. Right. Um, the queen, so later, years later, the queen died peacefully in 1818, having served 57 years. Um, this is, I think it's the second longest um, queen of England or something. The first being the current one, I'm guessing? Yeah. Yeah, she's been around for too long. Yeah. <laughs> the king, so later, the king developed dementia and became completely blind and deaf and died in solitude Whew. in 1820, having served 59 years. Um, the Bridgerton series 
proved to be historically accurate in many aspects of Regency England, especially in its depictions of Queen Charlotte and King George III. This is all thanks to Bridgerton's on-set historical consultant, Hannah Gregg. Gregg? 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 I don't know. Shout out Hannah. Hannah. <laughs> um, so kudos to her because she kept them on track and historically accurate. So from our research to Bridgerton's research, it's all accurate. Nice. Um, so that's our show for today. Yay. Thanks for hanging there with us. Um, it's fun as always to talk Bridgerton and get boozed up, which we I am now. I'm boozed. I am boozed. I'm boozed up. I need to eat. Um Shout out to our producer and Moni's husband, Jeff. Uh, so be sure to tune in next Thursday, Thursday for more Bridgerton and delicious cocktails. Yeah. Um, make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, like us on Facebook. Um, and you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify Podcasts. Um, remember, remember to subscribe. Mm-hmm. Rate us five stars. <laughs> Um, because we are the true diamonds the, of the season. The, the true <laughs> diamonds of the season. Bye. Bye.